Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock, for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we have an update on the Hay West program. There have been more than a dozen truckloads of donated hay from Ontario delivered to drought-stricken Saskatchewan this fall. SARM expresses disappointment with the campaign from the Saskatchewan Growth Coalition, saying it's disruptive and unfair. Real Agriculture talks with the CEO of Canadian Western Agribition. We have features on U of S research into chickpea production and ergot in wheat. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. The Mennonite Disaster Service says more than a dozen loads of hay from Ontario have arrived in Saskatchewan to help drought-stricken farmers. The Vice Chair of the Disaster Service in Saskatchewan, Ike Epp, estimates 12 to 15 truckloads of hay have been donated under the Hay West program. Well, exactly, I don't know, but I think it's uh, probably a little over a dozen already, maybe 15. How many more to come? Well, and that's that's the million-dollar question right there. Um, we're trying to uh, access or, or source as many donated loads as possible. So we uh, we have people in Ontario that are, um, are soliciting and, and hoping to have hay donations made. Um, so, yeah, we don't have um, an accurate number or even a ballpark number as to how much may show up so it, so we're kind of at uh, at the generosity of our ontario farmers who i understand had a very good hay crop this year and some of which also received uh, some hay back in 2000 and i'm not sure if it was 12 or 13 when when we had a, a hay east program so yeah so that's where it's at unfortunately i can't give you a, a number it's not like taking inventory at the walmart no, but 12 to 15, do you feel the program was a success? Well, yeah. I mean, when we first started talking about this program, I made the comment that the need is far greater than what we can fill. Uh, and, of course, um, yeah, we probably have in a neighborhood of 50 applications which we've received. From the point of view of, of simply having our farmers realize that uh, others in our country are also concerned about their well-being, it has certainly been a success from that point of view. Have we solved everyone's problems? For sure not. You uh, uh, required the producers to pay a price. How much was it? 
We were asking seven cents a pound for um, uh, for beef quality hay and ten cents for dairy quality, um, and uh, that is going towards offsetting the transportation cost. What kind of reaction did you get from producers that received this hay? Well, so far it's been very positive, and more more again from the point of view that that they just appreciate the fact that um, number one there are farmers in Ontario that are aware of their plight and and are prepared to uh, give of, of their excess to help uh, help uh, our producers. And also from the point of view that there is an organization prepared to do this at basically uh, as a, on a charitable basis. We are not expecting to make money on this project. Ike, anything else, Dred? Have I missed anything? Uh, no, I, I uh, appreciate your interest as well, and and uh, unfortunately, your broadcast probably isn't going to be aired in Ontario. But uh, really, we're at uh, at the mercy of of our Ontario producers, and the more that they can donate and and supply to us, uh, the more people we can help in in Saskatchewan this year. Mike Epp is the vice chair of the Mennonite Disaster Service in Saskatchewan. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesdrops.ca SARM is expressing disappointment with an industry-led Sask Growth Coalition campaign. President Ray Orb says the coalition campaign is pushing for property tax changes that would shift the burden to farm and rural property tax owners in the province. We're disappointed with it because many of those organizations are organizations that we work with on a fairly regular basis, especially CAP, who we uh, actually have a memorandum of understanding with. And throughout the years, we've met with CAP. And uh, we've always kind of worked out our differences. Now, uh, they're going a different route here, saying that people need to tell our province, our premier, that what's happening in the RMs isn't right as far as taxation. Uh, We disagree with that because consultation is where we need to go on these kind of things. What is CAP? Canadian Association of Petroleum Producers. And uh, Tim McMillan right now is is the president, and and many people will remember Tim. You know, he was a prominent cabinet minister in this province. And uh, we're we're going to be meeting with CAP in the very near future, and we're going to be uh, discussing our disappointment with what they are trying to do. Keeping in mind, uh, much, uh, most, if not all, of the economic activity in the resource sector does play take place in rural municipalities. So it's very important to have a good relationship between CAP and SARM. SARM held its meeting, a big meeting last week, and wants stronger legislation tools to enforce unpaid taxes from the oil and gas companies, correct? Yes, that's true. Um, Because of the fact, you know, over the years there are some, especially smaller oil and gas companies that really have walked away, either, you know, declared bankruptcy, bankruptcy or else just simply are not paying their taxes. And this is a real issue for a large number of our rural municipalities that are in the oil and gas sector, uh, you know, we just simply can't have that. We need to have the tools to uh, give to our rural municipalities so that they can collect those taxes. Now, I understand this Saskatchewan Growth Coalition campaign, you see it would shift property taxes to the agriculture and rural property owners. Well, many, you know, the rural municipalities, you know, they need uh, a certain amount of funding to, to operate their municipalities. They have a lot of expenses, mainly on the infrastructure side. They need to maintain roads and bridges and other facilities in those RMs. Uh, 
And if they're not collecting it from one sector, from one tax class, then they need to collect it from another tax sector. Unfortunately, most of the arms in this province have a fairly large agriculture component in them. Therefore, what that means is a shift would occur onto the ag sector, either farmers or ranchers or both, and that's very unfortunate. So you are regularly meeting with industry groups, though, to try and hammer out some sort of agreement or support together? Well, we're, we're in, we've been in touch with them, and we've invited CAP to come to a, a board meeting in the near future. Uh, also, the Canadian Taxpayers Association, you know, uh, we're in touch with them as well. You know, the transparency uh, issue that the Taxpayers Association is talking about is something that SARM has addressed. Uh, rural municipalities in this province fared fairly well, actually, when a poll was taken recently that showed who uh, was transferred and who wasn't. So RMs, I think, are rightfully being uh, singled out by some organizations in this province. And that's not fair. We think that, you know, we need to stand up for the rural municipalities. Anything else to add, Ray? Well, you know, it's just ironic. Uh, you know, when we mentioned that, Jim, in the, uh, in the press release, you know, there's a time right now where we need to be together. We need to be working together with business, especially oil and gas, that's taken a real hit over the last couple of years, not only because of COVID, but because of the uh, federal government's policies on oil and gas really wanting to restrict production, uh, lowering greenhouse gas emissions, is one thing the industry is stepping up to the plate, I believe, in many different ways. But really to almost annihilate this industry, we're not prepared to have that, and we're not going to stand by and let the federal government do that. But it's, it seems ironic right now that uh, this, these organizations are criticizing the Roman municipalities when they should be working together, and they should be talking to each other. I think that's the point I'd like to make. That's Ray Orb, the president of the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your RealAgriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. It's hard to believe, but Agribition is already next week. And joining us right now is Chris Lane. He's the CEO of Agribition. Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm great. Thanks, Sean. What is Agribition going to look like this year as we try to, you know, not post-COVID, but we try to transition events at the latter half here? Yeah, well, it's a good question. And then I think Agribition, just like any other event, kind of getting turned back on here in the fall on the tail end of COVID, or at least we hope it's the tail end of COVID. It's, um, you know, there are challenges with it, but there's also a ton of excitement around it. I mean, when I've when I talk to folks, whether they're vendors or exhibitors or, or you know, people wanting to come to the rodeo, there's a there is a genuine excitement in our agriculture community about about being back uh, at events and being back together. You know, regardless of what the uh, of what the health measures are. But I think one thing that I have learned and probably underestimated through all of this um, around event cancellation was what a big part in the community building and honestly mental health in our ag community these kind of events play. And, uh, you know, I tell you, I'm not going to take that for granted anymore. Yeah, I, I get the sense that a, 
a lot of farmers and ranchers are looking forward for that opportunity to kind of kick back, chill out, crack a cold one, and, and sort of do some old-fashioned networking again. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. And, and you know, agriculture is so unique in in that it's a business event that's also a social event. And I think um, that creates a pretty great atmosphere. And, um, you know, for for so many people, events like exhibition are the are the chances they get to see, you know, people and 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 customers or uh, uh, or folks in the industry that they they don't get to see that often. So mm. it really, is a coming together, I think. And uh, yeah, it's it, and that kind of atmosphere gets a lot of business done, which I think is the key to the whole thing. Give us some details on the cattle show. You, I'm sure you've got a lot of uh, people in the purebred stock coming to town, uh, buyers as well. Uh, tell us more. Yeah, absolutely. We've, uh, um, you know, obviously after having to take 2020 off, there's, I think, some pent-up demand in the purebred seed stock sector here. So we've got 12 uh, national breed shows happening all at the same time here at Agribition Week uh, next week. And that's something that hasn't happened before. So with the national shows come uh, come some profile, uh, come some entries from across the country that, that we we might not otherwise see. So we're actually getting a, a fair amount of cattle coming from central and eastern Canada, which is we always get a few, but I think there's more than usual this year, and I think we can attribute that directly to the national show, so that's exciting. We're probably going to have around 1,200 head of purebred cattle uh, in the barns here at Agribition, which is pretty good, I think, considering especially the not only coming off the COVID, but coming off what's been a pretty difficult year weather-wise feed-wise here in the West. So we're really happy with that. I think we'll have around 2,500 animals in total come through uh, barns during agribition week. So lots to lots to see and do. And I think what's interesting about the seed stock sector is that uh, it, it does continually attract interest and investment from all across the world. And, and again, even with, with travel uncertainty around COVID, we're seeing a couple hundred international buyers uh, register for agribition to be here. And I think it's because it's important to business, and and when it is, they'll always find a way. Do you have to be there in person? Is there an online component? You know, all the shows and all, and I think most of the sales, if not all of them, are are broadcast online. So, you know, that's something that has become, I think, industry standard in these kind of events. So, if uh, if you if you can't be here in person, you can certainly take in the shows and the sales online. Um, although, you know, like like any good farm show, I think we've learned that over the last couple of years for sure is. There is an in-person aspect that is just so important to it. I think, you know, we're still in an industry where where handshakes are a big deal and uh, you kind of want to have a look at what you're going to buy before you do it. So the the avenues for commerce digitally are sure there, but I think we still see a lot of people wanting to be here in person and and meet the folks behind the deal. Do you have the auctioneers championship going on too? Uh, We have a different kind of auctioneer set up. This year we're auctioning off uh, the horse pull teams for sponsors and, and raise some money for stars. For sure, we'll see some auctioning happen on the grounds here. Uh, but the stars charity auction, we're actually doing an online version of that all week long. So uh, we've got a ton of great prizes. And, and again, I think that reflects a change in the auction industry around COVID too. Is that this has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. 
Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Wind warning is in effect for much of the Regina District, much of southern Saskatchewan. Cloudy today, 2 centimeters of snow and blowing snow this afternoon, another 2 to 4 centimeters tonight. Wind southwest 40, gusting to 70, becoming west 70, gusting to 100. Temperature falling to zero this afternoon, wind chill minus 12 this afternoon, the low minus 7. Wednesday, snow ending near noon, then cloudy with 30% chance of flurries and blowing snow. Wind northwest 50, gusting to 70. Temperature steady near minus 7 tomorrow. Wind chill near minus 18, the low minus 14. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high minus 2, the low minus 9. Friday, partly cloudy, the high minus 1, the low minus 8. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high minus 4, the low minus 13. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high minus 10, the low minus 14. Monday, partly cloudy, the high minus 4. Normal high is minus 2, the normal low for this date minus 12. The sun rose at 8.15 this morning, it sets at 5.12 tonight. And around the province, Estevan is plus 5. The hot spot, by the way, is Estevan at 5 degrees. The cold spot up north, Uranium City, at minus 7. Saskatoon is minus 1, Swift Current minus 3, Weyburn plus 3, Yorkton is also plus 3. In Regina with light snow, it's 0, that's 32 Fahrenheit, winds are from the west, southwest 58, gusting to 73. Humidity is 83%, the barometer rising, it's at 99.1. Light snow in Moose Jaw plus 1, winds are from the west at 81, gusting to 93. Once again, Regina, light snow and 0, that's 32 Fahrenheit back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, mcdougalauctions.com, and brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. University of Saskatchewan researchers are part of a global team that used DNA to track the genetic evolution and migration of the chickpea. The research offers insights that could lead to more nutritious and adaptable varieties. Dr. Banyamin Turan was one of the researchers working on the study in Saskatoon. So basically we kind of are doing the whole DNA structure analysis of chickpeas. And then the, the unique thing about this is kind of almost like the major germplasm collection in the world. So it's uh, 3,366, which is a huge number by any means. So we, by doing that, so we have clear picture how this chickpea is moving from the original place, the origin place, such as uh, in the Fertile Crescent, and then moving east to India, to Central Asia, moving to Eastern Africa, and become like, those places become like a secondary uh, center of diversity. And then how it moved to the North America here, which is introduced by the breeders, uh, by people many years ago. So that's one thing. But the other thing as well is that by having all this knowledge and information, we also present in that paper how we can use it in the breeding program, which is 
one of the most interests on my side because I'm a breeder, so I'm looking for ways to use this source of information and germplasm for our own uh, benefit uh, for the growers for the breeding program here in Saskatchewan. So that's basically kind of the main idea there. Dr. Turan outlines how the research can help increase chickpea yields. In the past, we kind of uh, looking at when we use the DNA kind of one gene at a time, we're transferring one, for example, we know the gene that controlling the early maturing, early uh, uh, flowering under our conditions here, which is really the gene that is responding to the day length, right? We have, we have very long area during the summertime. So we know that and then now we introgress that into into the newer varieties that we have here using DNA. But this research providing it kind of more big picture how we can use more than just one trait but multiple traits, multiple characteristics, how we can use it in the in the breeding program. So this uh, requires the resources to do that. So we, we kind of are getting into that uh, uh, direction now. Saskatchewan produces about 95% of Canada's chickpeas. Uh, just uh, keep in mind that chickpeas may be a small crop in Saskatchewan, but globally this is the second uh, largest uh, food legume crops in the world. And this is the major source of uh, protein for millions of people in, in India, Mediterranean, in Africa. This is a major source of protein good profile of protein and also major source uh, uh, also good for for kind of micronutrients iron and zinc so this is that's why it's kind of we are doing this uh, research globally because the impact on the global scale is is huge from this research so that that's kind of the main the main thing here uh, as a global chickpea production to help people to improve uh, their nutrition and for kind of uh, alleviating global hunger uh, using this crop as a means to improve that. Dr. Turan says his research is done in both the field and the lab. He says chickpeas are well adapted to dry parts of the province, notably across most of the southern grain belt. Dr. Benjamin Turan works in the College of Agriculture and Bioresources at the University of Saskatchewan in Saskatoon. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Ergot is a fungus that can be found in wheat, barley and rye during wet and damp growing seasons. The ergot body contains two types of chemical compounds, an R form and an S form. Jensen Cherwick is a Ph.D. student at the University of Saskatchewan and is studying the S, which has been thought to be the less serious form. My research is looking at the mechanism of, okay, how does this S form bind to these receptors and causing these toxic effects, and how does it relate to the R form? Does it have a similar mechanism to cause these toxic effects as the R epimer, or does it not? Another part of Cherwick's research examines ways of reducing or eliminating the harmful effects of ergot-infected cereals on cattle. One method being examined involves ammonia. We exposed the grain samples to ammonia, and then we then tested these grain samples if it had a lower concentration of these ergot alkaloids, so the R and the S epimer, after ammoniaization. 
UV rays are also being tested in the lab, but it may be more difficult to use this method on farm. Put a UV light in the bin, maybe, or and even our thoughts is we try to use similar UV rays to the sun. And even then, you know, you don't want your grain sitting out outside for an extended period of time. But say if you had your grain in the grain bags, that could allow certain UV light rays to go through. Could that potentially help? But that's kind of more uh, preliminary and and maybe not as practical as compared to the ammonia. Cherwick recently was awarded the Alexander Graham Bell Graduate Scholarship, which is given to the top tier of doctoral applicants in the country. The scholarship is $35,000 per year. Countdown to Agribition now brought to you by 2S Auctioneers Online Auction House. Start bidding today at 2sauctioneers.ca. Canadian Western Agribition features over 2,500 head of livestock next week. The show opens Monday with the official burning of the brand. CEO Chris Lane says the rodeo is an important event at the show. Yeah, we're really excited about the rodeo. It's such a staple of, of, of Western entertainment and such a staple of what Agribition is about too. So four nights of rodeo, like I said, Maple Leaf Circuit Finals, it is a finals rodeo. We've got 10 contestants in each of the major events. And this year, uh, we're showcasing ladies breakaway roping too. So there's eight events in total on tap for the rodeo, um, including that new ladies event. It's exciting and it's a popular uh, event in rodeo right now. It's certainly got a following. And what we'll see is over the course of four nights, um, those cowboys and cowgirls competing for a chance uh, for obviously uh, some significant prize money here at Agribition, but also a chance to qualify for the, the circuit finals in the United States. So there's a lot on the line. There's a lot of drama, a lot of excitement. Agribition opens Monday at Evraz Place in Regina and wraps up Saturday, November 27th. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. See Nelson GM today. Grain prices were mixed in early trading. Viterra prices for canola gained thirteen thirty at nine eighty eighty two. One red spring wheat fell a dollar fifty three at four forty two forty nine. The rest unchanged. Durham seven oh seven seventy two. Feed barley three eighty three sixty four. Flax fourteen sixty eight sixty two. Lentils nine eighty six fifty. Oats five thirty six fifty three. Yellow peas five ninety five seventy five and feed wheat two sixty one sixty five. On the Minneapolis Exchange, spring wheat fell twelve and a half cents at ten fourteen a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now the latest quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week in November 16th. Our last regular sale is on November 10th. D1 and D2 cows sold from 57 cents to 64 cents. D3 cows sold from 45 cents to 52 cents. Counter cows sold from 30 cents to 40 cents. And good butcher bulls sold from 92 cents to a dollar two. We had a pre sort at Angus Calf Sale here on Monday, 300 to 400 pound steers averaged $2.40 and sold at the $2.58. 400 to 450 pound steers averaged $2.43 and sold at the $2.53. 450 to 500 pound steers averaged $2.23 and sold at the $2.52. 500 to 550 pound steers averaged $2.14 and sold at the $2.23. 
15 cents. It sold it to $2 at 22 cents. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged $2.05. It sold it to $2.12. 600 to 650 pound steers averaged $1.96. It sold it to $2.02. 650 to 700 pound steers averaged $1.92. It sold it to $1.96. 700 to 800 pound steers averaged $1.89. It sold it to $1.92. Heifers were 35 to 40 cents back from the steers. Some of the highlights from the sale were a load of 430-pound black steers at $2.52 a pound, two loads of 500-pound black steers at $2.22 a pound, two loads of 550-pound black steers at $2.11 a pound, three loads of 600-pound black steers at $2.01 a pound, two loads of 650-pound black steers at $1.95 a pound, a load of 700-pound black steers at $1.91 a pound, and a group of 780-pound exotic steers at $1.86 a pound. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And the latest pork prices, 172.63 per CKG. That's both brand and moose jaw plants. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. The Saskatchewan government unveiled plans yesterday for the province to become a worldwide hub of helium. Their goal is to produce 10% of global helium by the year 2030. Energy and Resources Minister Bronwyn Eyre says helium will create a significant economic benefit for Saskatchewan. $500 million in forecast capital investment, $500 million in future exports, 500 jobs, thousands of associated service jobs. And as we get there, reservoir discoveries are continuing as we speak and exploration and production for helium are being ramped up. Earlier this year, North American Helium opened up the largest helium facility in the country, the Battle Creek Helium Purification Facility, which is located in the southwest corner of the province. Air says Saskatoon-based Royal Helium has begun exploration, drilling and development work in the province. In May, they announced a very large helium discovery at their Climax project, potentially the largest helium discovery ever in the province of Saskatchewan. Prices for helium have increased over the past few years and that trend is expected to continue due to increased demand and shortage of supply. The global helium market could double by 2030. Air says helium produced from Saskatchewan wells is up to 99% less carbon intensive than other jurisdictions. On the markets, the TSX is up 86 points at 21,769. The Dow is up 177 points at 36,264. Oil has risen 30 cents at 81.18 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is down 19 one-hundredths of a cent at 79.69 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.